And welcome to another Round the Rotary podcast. Me, your host, J.P. Warren, and thank you for everyone tuning in today. Uh, you can find Round the Rotary on any uh, podcast streaming platform, whatever you listen to right now. Um, uh, we're also on uh, Instagram. Uh, connect with me on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, just leave a, if you, if you like, leave a review and a, a comment what you think about uh, the shows. I really appreciate that. And uh, before we kicked off, I got to say that Round the Rotary podcast is brought to you by Capital Petroleum Consultants. CPC specializes in project engineering, well site supervision, and all disciplines in the only gas industry. Contact us through www.capitalpatronconsultants.com to see what CPC can do for you today. And as you know, I've just, I did that off script memorization. So give me, gotta give me a little bit credit for that, TJ. No, that was great. And, I'm uh, impressed. and in the studio with us today is a uh, TJ Dotstel, the, uh, let me get this, let me pull this up. The, uh, founder and president of Tejas Completion Services, T-E-J, lowercase j, AS Completion Services. Tejas, how are you doing today, man? Good, man. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you came in, dude. Uh, we've been talking about doing this for a little bit now. Um, I guess once things got, uh, I guess, uh, 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 kicked off the ground and uh, some momentum behind uh, your new uh, endeavor. But oh, yeah. We're, we're going to no, get we, into that in a little bit, though. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, breakfast several months ago, and then we had snowpocalypse come through and kind of push us back a little bit. And after meeting up our schedules, I think we finally got it lined out. So, you know, just happy to be here. You know what's crazy about that snowpocalypse? I'm like, ah, it's going to be cold weather Monday and Tuesday. We'll just push it to Wednesday. But next thing you know, the entire city, the entire state City's of Texas shut down, is yeah. shut down. And <laughs> next thing you know, it's a nightmare at Home Depot, Lowe's, or any, anything you're trying to get any water containment pipes or any bullshit like that. So I'm glad we're doing this today, man. Yeah, cool. No, I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So we're uh, recording this uh, March 31st, 2021, and uh, it is a Wednesday, I think. So let's, uh, let's I looked out the window like that's going to help you. <laughs> I was checking the weather, but checking the weather. So. It's yeah. So we're <laughs> dialed in right now. So uh, TJ, why don't you just kick off, man? You've, uh, you're, uh, you've been requested to go on many different podcasts, uh, Fox News, CNBC, you've been requested to teach at MIT, the biz, Harvard Business School, but you decided to come on Round the Rotary first to discuss That's right. this new uh, endeavor that you're, that you're, this new journey that you're going down, man. So I really appreciate that. Of course, I wanted to give you exclusivity for sure. You're giving the listeners exclusivity, <laughs> and that's what's important here around the Rotary. So hey, get us kicked off, man. Why don't you give us a little background, kind of uh, uh, what, what, what your background is, when, where, where you're, uh, what brought you where you're at now? Yeah, no, for sure. So, uh, I guess I'll just start at the beginning, you know, born and raised in Katy. Okay. Um, Where'd you go to high school in Katy? Sinker Ranch High School. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of, my family moved out that way, um, you know, back in, I guess it'd be the late nineties, you know? And so went to, went to, to high school, Sinker Ranch, graduated 03, uh, went off to college to try and play football. Hasn't Katy changed just trying Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. The amount of like infrastructure that's built up over the last several years. It's I nuts. I lived out there for about two years, two and a half years previously, my previous life. And it's, uh, it, the, um, it's just, it's blown up. It's blown up. I mean, there's, there's worse traffic right now on 99 between I-10 and West Park than there is. Oh, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't drive through there without getting stopped in some traffic. So wait, you went to uh, college to play ball? I did. So I uh, went to Blinn Junior College in Brenham um, to try and play football for a couple years. Um, ended up having some setbacks just with some injuries and stuff. What position? Um, funny enough, I was uh, I played offensive tackle. And okay. So, <clears throat> um, I mean, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Blinn Junior College, I mean, it's where essentially where Cam Newton went after his little hiccup in Florida. Did a year there, won a national championship, and went to Auburn to win a national championship. Right, but. 
So you um, wanted to follow that, that that pathway? Well, no, I mean, I was a year before, two years before Cam. Oh, Denver, okay. You know, but okay. No, so Blinn Junior College is like a harbor ground for ath- athletes that aren't there academically mm-hmm. or athletically. Um, I had some family that had gone through TCU and went on to play professional ball and kind of wanted to, at that point in my life, that was where my mindset was, right? I was focused on being an athlete, trying to you know, get my craft, make to it where to the show, make it to the show, go play ball at TCU. Um, you know, I had, I'd already talked to the coaching staff and that was kind of the assignment they gave me. So, um, you know, went there and then life just had other plans, right? Yeah. So it always does. Oh yeah. So, uh, ended up starting a family at a very young age. Uh, got married at 21. We had, uh, we had our daughter right around the same time. Okay. Um, you know, so that's kind of, so how, how old were your daughter being now? 15. 15. Yeah, so wow. she's a freshman in high school, which Flies is incredible. By, it? Yeah, it's it's nuts. Mine's about to be eight. Mind-blowing. Yeah, it's like second grade. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, like, hang on to them, man, because I'm telling you what, you'll blink, and then they'll be 16, and you'll be like, where did all this time go? <laughs> it, it really does, man. Then you go to like your, like, your Facebook memories, your Instagram archive and all that stuff, and it's like, this was three years ago? Like, oh, yeah. I remember that. Like, holy shit, it flies by. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's nuts. Um, I'm fortunate. I mean, she's a good kid. You know, she's pretty grounded. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's really what made me who I am today. Um, I kind of needed a swift kick in the rear end just to get my life focused and, you know, start focusing on, you know, things other than athletics and drinking and partying and having a good time. Like it's so you decided to typical get in, college so kid. So you decided to get into sales. <laughs> that's and right. That, you decided to get into sales and extend that for the next 20 years. That's exactly gotcha. right. No, uh, no, essentially, I mean, it, it just was a big push to, you know, I mean, I had no other choice, right? Like I had right. to go out of necessity and find, find a job and, you know, find a career path. And, you know, just by default, I, I landed in the oil field and, you know, it was really by no design. It was just kind of necessity, right? So, so you're at Blaine, then you get married, and have have your daughter, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And then how? But how did you? Uh, so, are, were you in college at the time? Is it post college? Yeah, no. So uh, I did I did two years at Blaine. Um, you know, then we had our daughter. I moved back to Katy. Okay. Um, I found a job with uh, Varco, which at the time they were. It was right when National Oil Well was merging with Varco. And doing what? Yeah, I was working. I was a grunt, man. I was working in uh, the rubber factory, like helping build BOT elements and okay. you know loading presses with you know preformed rubber and monitoring the the whole like rubber forming process. Did you know anything elements. about the only gas industry? I had no clue what I was doing. But you just this is one of those things. I you needed a job and you applied needed to a do job. Anything. It was through a uh, temp agency, a staffing firm. Yeah. You know, so they put this was the assignment that they gave me. Um, you know, I did that for about six months and you know, kind of had a light bulb, I guess, you know, kind of like an aha moment at that time. And I was like, look, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I'm not, everybody's got to put in work and make a living. Right. But this just wasn't my path. Right. right? So right. It, it gave me a swift realization that I need to get back in the classroom and go finish my degree and, you know, start a real career at some point. So, so. what did you go back uh, to school uh, to, to, to pursue? Yeah, so I essentially just went back uh, to get my undergrad with no clear like decision on exactly which route I wanted to go. Um, after that, I had, uh, luckily landed a full-time job uh, at a company called TriPoint Energy Services where okay. we rebuilt drilling equipment, mud pumps, uh, top drives, draw work, stuff of that nature. Um, and again, I was a grunt in the shop, but I was able to you know, prove myself up, and I was going to school at the same time, so I was given some opportunities to take on 
you know, some more critical roles, um, and some sales roles in that capacity. And, uh, um, yeah, so it just, it gave me a real opportunity to just get grounded and, and start, I guess that sales career path. So you started, you started kind of working the rubber shop yeah. and then you just go back to school and then you still decide, were, so were you working when you were in school? Yeah. So, um, I guess I started going back to school right about that time. Right? So, so because you were kind of already, you had a foot in the oil field, that, that was a kind of a, a, a common, I guess, a logical uh, pathway to, to stay in, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I had started at this this company, TriPoint Energy, um, and I'm starting to prove myself a little bit and given some opportunities. And one of the the leaders of the company, um, him and I, he's become a, a mentor of mine. And I just asked him, I was like, you know, if, you know, give me your honest feedback. If you had a, if you go back and do it again, you know, where would you focus your efforts on in school? And he was like, oh, I would, I'd get a finance degree. Okay. And, and he was, uh, he was one of the presidents of the company and I can't remember what his background was exactly, but, um, yeah, we just had a conversation. I'm like, man, that really resonates with me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I went back and, you know, filled out my formal, you know, degree plan and finished up my undergrad or my, uh. Uh, associates through JUCO, and then I went to finish my undergrad at U- University of Houston okay. um, and gra- got a degree in finance. So, so are you, a, you, would you deem yourself as a cougar? Because you yeah, also so, have a higher education at Texas A&M. Yeah, I mean, I'm more, so I went through UHD, which is like the downtown, more commuter yeah. section of, uni- of the University of Houston. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do follow the Cougars. I mean, we're, we made it to the final four, right? That's what so I was I'm waiting pretty, on. Pretty pumped about that. So That was the chum in the water I was sprinkling <laughs> right there. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll tune in for that one for sure. Uh, and who, 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 who are y'all playing? Man, I can't even tell you. I me neither. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So I just know that we made it. I haven't checked the brackets recently. But so, so you you're back in school. You, you get your uh, finance degree, and uh, then uh, then what then what happens? Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll back up that time around where I was still working at TriPoint. Um, you know, I was I was an up and comer. I was really motivated in my early twenties. And then, you know, as typical oil field does, you know, next thing you know, we're in the middle of a financial crisis, 2007, 2008, Uh, you know, world's flipped upside down. I have no idea what's going on, Um, you know, and we're essentially all laid off from our job. I mean, drilling is the first one to go, right? Right. We have downturns. So rig count goes down. Rig count goes down. Nobody's refurbing equipment anymore. There's no CapEx to spend on, on refurb. So, um, that with a couple missteps from, from executive management just led to our demise really, really quickly. Okay. Um, so I was laid off 2008, um, you know, just trying to find another job in the middle of the biggest you know, the biggest downturn in financial crisis yeah. we'd had in, as a country in a Yet. really long time. Yet. Yeah. At that point in time. Hold my beer. 20, yeah. 2020 says. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. So I, I was fortunate enough that some of the leadership had left TriPoint and gone over to Logan oil tools, which, uh, Logan oil tools manufactures, uh, downhole fishing tools, Bowen products, overshots, spears, jars, stuff of that nature. Finding, going back to that, just kind of give a little frame of a reference. Right now, I guess when people are trying to find jobs, there's so many resources out there. There's, there's, you know, there's uh, like resume writers, Amanda Rico's out there, you know, resume writers. There's Jonathan Rhodes, Michael Renford, like all these people like LinkedIn's out there. Like there's all these online virtual support things. But 2008, I mean, what was it like trying to find, I guess, trying to find a job then? Like what did you rely on? Yeah, I mean, at that point in my career, I mean, I had. That's a great question too. Yeah, it really is. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 
uh, I had no network at that time, you know, like right. very, very small network, very, very focused, uh, skill set. Um, you know, so, I mean, I was just back on the grind, right. Yeah. Going through, you know, your career builders and your monster.com yeah, monster. yeah. and just trying to find my way. But, uh, like I mentioned, I was very fortunate that some of the leadership had moved over. Um, and they gave me an opportunity just as an inside sales rep. And that just continued my career in sales. I mean, I was low man on the totem pole. It was more like a clerical role more than anything, but it still kept me interacting with customers yeah. and, and kind of honing that craft at okay. the same time. Um, but yeah, so I'll fast forward through a little bit of this, but you know, I did my time at Logan Old Tools. I was given an opportunity to go work for National Well, um, working outside sales for their Bowen product line at the time. Uh, did about a year and a half there. So are you enjoying sales this whole time? You got a finance uh, undergrad and, and and you're in sales. Are you enjoying the, 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 the sales um, uh, career path? So I'd say it, I really started to enjoy the career path when I stepped into National Oil Well okay. because um, Logan was so manufacturing driven, you know, that they, they just operate on some very, very tight tolerances, right? So the whole company just had this culture of, you know, everybody's, um, you know, expected to be in their seat at a certain time. Everybody's got structured breaks. Everybody's got a certain. It's a very you know, 1950s way to handle business. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very structured, right? Yeah. Very, very short leashes for people. Right. Um, that's, when, how you, that's how you let your people grow, too. Yeah, exactly, just, right? Just don't empower them, keep you, them closed. Pigeonhole them. Yeah, and pigeonhole them. The same role for the next 15 years. That right? way they don't have, that way they're, they're not leaving. Yeah. No, but I mean, and Logan was a great company. Um, they've since been acquired by Rubicon, and now I think they're a part of Enovex, uh, which is held by Intervale. Yeah. Uh, solid, solid group of people. Um, you know, they again, they they gave me opportunities I wouldn't have had. Um, you know, without actually going through and, and working with those guys. But no, I got the NOV, and and I worked for a gentleman named Neil Fletcher, and he. Uh, he actually is the CEO of Rival Downhole right now. So okay. um, he was a he was a leader that you know really kind of molded me into who I am today. Gave me plenty leash to be successful or to uh, you know be unsuccessful. Yeah, it was um, enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. So I was able to go out and you know win some big accounts that you know they hadn't previously been able to close. And feel good. Yeah, it was great, man. I got some good successes under my belt and some big wins and. Um, I, I ruffled the feathers enough to where Logan poached me back and wanted me to come back and start a, a new facility for him. So um, Logan essentially approached me again. And I'm, again, this is mid-20s to late-20s. Uh, they wanted me to come in and build out a facility, start a Houston district for him, um, you know, help him get a new power swivel facility, manufacturing facility up off of Cutton Road in 249, um, you know, bring in they had an exciter tool at the time, kind of like an agitator. Uh, so yeah, I helped. I was kind of the forefront project manager of getting all that up and running, and then I filled the role of district manager at, at that's, Houston. That's kind of an exciting. Uh, that's I'm, I'm looking at your uh, LinkedIn right now. I, that would seem to be such a, a an interesting, I guess, learning curve or a challenging, I guess, new uh, role to fill. Because before you're doing sales, you're doing this, you're doing this, and now you're tasked with opening up. A, uh, a a district, right? Yeah, it was more of a project management role to start. You know, it's kind of like a startup. Yeah, right? like there's a blank canvas, and you know, you're specking out facilities, and you know, you're hiring people. And uh, did you enjoy that, or you or did you want to get back into sales? No, I loved it. Really, I mean, it's again, you know, it was very early on in my career, and uh, it was an opportunity that I wouldn't have gotten 
um, if I hadn't, pre- you know, had previously worked there and that Logan know my, my capabilities. Okay. Um, and a big piece of that is another mentor of mine that was at Logan at the time, there had been some personnel changes around and he had taken the helm. And, um, so that was a big part of me wanting to come back and okay. be a part of that. Um, and you know, I, I went and did about two or three years, um, at Logan again on my second stint. And, uh, you know, we opened the facility, uh, and we started some new programs that, you know, Logan hadn't been a part of. We started, uh, with another gentleman, um, we had started a jar rental program kind of together. He was focusing on the, the fishing and rental, uh, like big hole fishing, open hole fishing, uh, renting out jars and intensifiers and stuff like that. And I was more focused on the smaller stuff on cool tubing rentals. Uh, cold tubing jars and energizers and stuff of that nature. And okay. so we actually started a rental program and a new stream of revenue that they had never had before. Okay. okay. That's uh, so it was like another small notch in, in the belt loop, right? Or feather in the hat. And uh, so did that. And as I started working with these, with these service companies, you know, and ha- building relationships with these district managers and kind of seeing how they operate and what their business is like, I got this real attraction to the service side of the business so you know looking backward at that point in my career i'd been all manufacturing right so i see this new business that i had no exposure to and it was just sexy right like it's exciting lots of moving parts um you know and i had kind of I i had the technical knowledge of the products you know the you know i got some exposure to um, coiled tubing tools at NOV, so motors and um, you know jars and fishing operations right, right. and everything that I'd worked with at at Logan um, and NOV, and so I was looking for an opportunity to get in the service business. So, you know, coiled tubing services uh, and running tools was kind of like right up my alley, and so I started intentionally looking for opportunities to get into the uh, you know the through tubing business. Okay, um, and. You know, fortunately or unfortunately at the time, the first person to give me an opportunity was, or the first company was Weatherford. Okay. Um, And so about that time, uh, Weatherford was in a very peculiar predicament, you know, with, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the, the, the what? Oh, well, they were, they were in tight, like they they were being uh, investigated by the SEC and then Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And so, and Duroc Danner at the time was kind of pigeonholed up in 2014 timeframe. Yeah. He was up in Switzerland and, you know, he couldn't be uh, extradited back to the United States. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of stuff and uncertainty going on with, with the organization. I kind of feel like you made it to a certain level once your name and extradited is in the same <laughs> sentence. You know what I mean? It's like, how's TJ doing? Oh man, he can't get extradited. Oh man, he's made it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a certain level that yeah. people don't, yeah, that you want. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, I, I, I didn't have any influence on what was going on. I well, just yeah, was I know. a very small piece of this po- puzzle, but as a new employee, it was very overwhelming. And, uh, you know, we get in and, you know, I'm sold a bill of goods like, hey, we're going to come in and we're doing really well. We're growing this business. And then it's kind of like the first bait and switch I'd ever had. You know, I got there and next thing you know, we're fighting for our lives as a product line. And this is a last ditch effort to like get through tubing line up and running and profitable again. So how was that for you? I mean, you go in, you, you're told that it's going to be this way. And then you walk in and it's completely, completely a 
different, I guess, environment that you're expecting. Completely different environment. What was like? What was that like? Did that kind of like? It was pretty overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I still I looked at it as an opportunity, right? Like all these things that I've done, I've taken these these roles for opportunity, right? And for the learn for learning and. Was that how you view a lot of things? Like, look, this uh, whether an opportunity. When I say opportunity, a situation sucks. You're like, okay, well, I'm just going to look at this as an opportunity. Is, exactly. is that kind of how you view th- you yep. view life? Okay, for sure. All right, yep. always looking for another challenge, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of what drives me as a person and and through my career. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and they've got some great training platforms, right? So I got in and you know I, I started building my network of engineers and and calling on production and completion en- engineers and rounding out that network. So that's so when that you was, first started making these relationships with the, with the, with the engineers, right? Yep, that's. First stages of, you know, calling on operators. Okay. So, you know, I'd, I'd do my breakfast runs, um, I'd do my lunches, I'd do my, you know, afternoon runs. And, you know, then in the meantime, I'm taking online courses for, you know, specific product knowledge or, you know, in class in, in a Weatherford facility. So, yeah, I mean, I just used it as a, as a training ground yeah. just to kind of like – Hey, use what you got. Yeah, here's rounding out the product knowledge, um, you know, and starting to dabble in the – the sales realm that we all we the all standard run sales the breakfast runs the coffee oh, then yeah. you got the lunch then you got the afternoon coffee very then you got entry the ha- level man like, very in- yeah very textbook. standing around just hoping that this engineer will come over and shake my hand right <laughs> that's pretty much tech that's pretty much Houston sales one hundred and one right one hundred and one yep all right so you're at, you're there you're, you're getting learned up you're you're taking advantage of all the all the the resources are there to to get more uh, insight on the on the product and the product knowledge okay so the, so you're at Weatherford yep. then then what happens. Yeah, so and, and I'm sure we'll hit on this multiple times throughout this conversation, but uh, I mean, I just it, I started building that network, right? And just by chance, um, I had run into uh, Jeff Whitworth, a, a TTS sales rep, um, at a breakfast run, okay. and we just kind of hit it off. You know, we kind of had a lot of the same interests, and we talked about hunting and fishing, and you know, golf and whatever, and. The stuff the relationships built yeah, off exactly. of. Yeah, Relationships aren't built off of your product. It's no. built off of common interests and yeah, hobbies. Exactly. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just hit it off, man. And uh, he was like, yeah, well, we might be looking to add another sales rep. You know, if you don't mind, we'll give you a call here okay. in a little bit and see if you're a good fit. And so yeah, it wasn't like the next week uh, I got a call and from the sales manager, Houston sales manager, and uh, uh, went in and interviewed with him and uh, the VP of, uh, of sales, Stan loving on a Friday and all of them were in flip flops and fishing trunks or fishing shirts, and, which is a completely different yeah. environment than what you're used to. So I walk in, I'm like, and I'm in, you know, similar to what I'm wearing now, blue sport coat and slacks. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah business casual yeah. or biz, right. heavy on the biz side. That's right. And so, you know, I go in and I think I introduce myself and Cody and Stan start talking A&M football and OU football. And I'm just like, man, this is where I want to work. <laughs> okay. It was a different environment. Yeah. yeah more, so, it more, it fitted more your style. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, you know, we had a conversation about college sports and, you know, we talked about, you know, my experience at, you know, Logan, NOV and Weatherford prior to that and how my, you know, technical knowledge and product knowledge applied to what they were doing. Like I, I'd, I'd never run tools and I really wasn't to the level of, you know, uh, my technical skill set wasn't at the level where it needed to be, you know, to be a full rounded out right, sales right. at TTS at that time. But they're willing to bring me in, train me up, give me that experience. 
they sent me to the field, right? So I went and you know helped run tools and worked with the uh, with the operators and. So now you're getting actual like boots on the ground experience. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, getting boots on the ground experience, um, you know, learning the engineering side of it, the practical aspect of it, um, you know, and then just starting to really round out that network of of clients and customers and friends um, that we all you know value so much this day and age, right? So. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much the the entry level into this world of of sales and 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 operators that we're now working in. But I mean, we're talking about. I mean, yes, you know, you, we talked about this before we got on the podcast about beating the dead horse. I mean, always on this podcast, we talked about relationships and how they matter and how to build your network and why it's important. And um, and I don't mind continue to talk about that because if 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 that gets taken away by you know someone who doesn't think they need to take that lunch with 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 a vendor or someone that doesn't think they need to do, to 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 meet this person and at least sit down and have an introductory meeting that's what it's all about that those networks whether you can help someone out whether they can help you or anything like that that's not that to me is the 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 side part of it that's the the sprinkles on the top to me it's the relationships that matter because you never know when they're going to help when they're going to come and play when they when you can help someone yeah absolutely i mean you you are your network i mean you're you know, you're only as, as as valuable or as good in your role as as your network yeah, is, right? right? So, um, no, absolutely. And then not only that, like we were talking about before on the podcast, before we came on the podcast, like, you know, if we can help each other out in the industry to give each other opportunities to, you know, let each other know, hey, there's a, a new engineering position open up at, at Operator X, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, let me introduce you to the completion manager over there. Or, hey, I've got a buddy that has this exact skill set. Um, he's not working right now. Maybe he can contract for you. Like, but you wouldn't know that. If you wouldn't know that if other, you didn't have relationships. relationships. Exactly. Exactly. Right. exactly. Yep. So, so, no. So, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, I loved. I mean, TTS is a great company. I loved working for those guys. Right. I mean, I, I got some good friends over there. Um, you know, and uh, I, I worked for for Cody Cody Trebbing for about two years, and then Stan pulled me into uh, international. So I ran the international sales group. Uh, for about a year and a half, so I got to travel the world uh, on TTS's dime and How go was and that? yeah, it was awesome. What are some of the, like, what are some of the places you went? Yeah, so I, I mean, I did a lot of time in the Middle East, um, Oman, Saudi, uh, Dubai. Um, I made a couple trips to Southeast Asia to Jakarta and uh, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore. Um, I did Australia, New Zealand. So were you traveling a bunch for this, for this role? I was. And so that was about the time that I started my MBA, right? So (laughs) I had this crazy idea. Yeah. Let me start my MBA in 2015 and then take this new role. That's going to send me around the world every other week, you know, when I'm not in class. So your plate's full and you want You want another plate. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. So new job. Why don't I just load it up with all this classwork that I have no idea how much time it's going to take to, to, to manage. What was the motivation behind the MBA? Yeah, it's always been kind of uh, one of those things that I've wanted to accomplish. Just, you know, it's a, a goal that I had, um, and I feel like it was we were coming right out of the last downturn, I guess, yeah. per se. We were 2014, 2015, right? And so I just wanted to uh, round out my skill set a little bit more and differentiate myself from other people in the industry okay. as a, you know, looking at it from a purely job competition standpoint. Um, I felt like I was a lot more marketable if I'd go and get my MBA. And, you know, it's not a path for everybody. I mean, uh, hindsight, are you, are you, would you do it again? Um, I would never tell anyone not to do it. I would not do it again. Okay. I'm, I'm happy that I did it. Right. Um, I mean, it's an, it's an experience that, uh, 
I mean, it's an amazing experience, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's a you build a our at Texas A and M. They've got a, a professional MBA program here in Houston at City Center. They've got a first class campus. Um, you go through the whole program as a fifty person cohort. Uh, so you build again. It's another opportunity to network, and you're actually networking uh, with people outside the industry too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the majority of it. I mean, it is Houston, right? So a lot of the majority is oil and gas. But I mean, you're building relationships with people that you would have never met, um, and you're spending a lot of time with them, um, and you're learning from each other's experiences. So it's a, I mean, and it's a very, very challenging uh, program. Um, I mean, it's challenging from the work-life balance aspect, the curriculum, um, you know, and just time management altogether. I mean, they load you up so much just to see a break. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, one of those things they do intentionally, right? Like they want you to to learn how to manage your time, um, you know, with work and being overloaded. and With work and family. And family and focusing on what's important. And, you know, you go through the program and you realize, I mean, you hit a stride, right? You, you realize where to focus your efforts the most. Uh, what to read every word of and what to give a hard skim. Um, so, yeah, you learn how to kind of balance all okay. that, right? But, okay. But no, it was a great experience, um, you know, and, again, I just feel like it gave me another set of another set of tools for my toolbox that I could use to, you know, round out my career and help, help me continue to progress. So. Okay. All right. Okay. So you're traveling the world. You're, you're, you're in school. Uh, yeah. you're, you're raising your daughter. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so, so you're with a TTS for about four years, right? Four, four or five years now. Yep. Okay. So, um, around, oh, I don't remember exactly what year it was, probably 2017, 2018, 2018, we got rolled back a little bit from international, uh, the international landscape's very, very competitive because never, it, it never fails. Wherever you turn, there's always going to be a local competitor that can just get down and dirty to a price point that you can't, um, you know, through tubing tools, we had some differentiating technology that gave us opportunities, but that's only valued if you're working for your BPs or the majors, the majors right? Yeah. Your Conicos, your BPs. Um, you know, so we had some success in certain markets. And so uh, TTS had focused our efforts on specific market penetration in certain geographical areas. And so we rolled back the business development side of things for the most part. Okay. Um, and so I got an opportunity to move out of international and uh, a job was coming available in Denver and they, I, I just kind of opened my mouth and said, Hey, I'd be interested in doing that. And they're like, well, pack your bags. Uh, you need to get up there ASAP. So, okay. um, and you know, it's oil filled, right? Everything's needed yesterday. So, um, packed up, took my family to Denver. We did some house shopping, uh, bought a house and, and relocated. So we were up there for about two years. Uh, I've heard being a, a salesperson in Denver is just where it's at. I mean, you, you're walking down the street, you grab coffee, you grab a beer, yeah, so craft beer, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, pre, pre-COVID, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Like you're on 16th Street. Every, I mean, you're, all the operators and, and service companies are downtown. You're walking by and you're seeing people on the street and the weather's beautiful and the mountains are in the background. Like, yeah, it's a it's Picturesque. A great, it's, 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 it's a great, a great spot, spot to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then, I mean, the practical side of things too, right? Like it's, uh, you know, oil and gas in Colorado has been under political pressure, you know, ever since I can remember. Right. Um, and now it's just gotten worse, yep. you know, because they've tried to vote in. 
you know, the, the setbacks and then mm-hmm. which they are passing, con- they're continuously slipping in more regulation. And then now you've got the federal land moratoriums and stuff like it's that. More, so it's just more it's difficult just, and difficult and it's difficult It's a very to operate difficult landscape to, to navigate. Right. And that's a lot of your control too. I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing that's kind of in your, uh, in your, uh, power of, uh, influence right there. Right. That's all. This, yeah. yeah. That's just, you know, geopolitical stuff that we have no control over. Politicians being oh, yeah. politicians. That's right. But, uh, but no, so I had a, an opportunity to go work for a service company called Perfex, um, which was again, uh, another, another discipline that I, I knew nothing about. I knew that I had a network of people, uh, and I was confident in my abilities and I, you know, I was given an opportunity to go to work and, you know, learn something new. And I took the challenge and, um, you know, looked at it as another opportunity to just kind of like round out that, that product knowledge. And You're all about round, rounding yourself out, whether, yeah, whether it's the I, school, whether it's I'm the operation you. side of things, whether it's the, the product. I mean, you're all about round, rounding I out. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I guess rounding out is a, a good way to, to look at it, but I'd look at it more as like, I'm always like seeking a challenge. Okay. Like I feel like I don't, I'm not necessarily don't get bored easily, but I, I am always looking for like the next, you know, what's, what's the next thing in my career? Like, how can I challenge myself? Is that what drives you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, so once you start kind of mastering something, like whether it's a skill set or whether it's a, a, a position or a role, you're always looking, okay, well, how can I improve? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're not improving, then, you know, you're just always, it's like a shark always be swimming. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. That's right. Um, no. So, you know, I took the role at Perfects. Um, you know, I, I, I fit good with the management team. Uh, we did some good things. We sold some some really huge accounts for a small company, um, and we grew really, really rapidly. Um, and then enter into 2020, um, you know, we've got, you know, three or four brand new fleets rolling out. And then March hits and the entire world shuts down. Well, right? What happened? Yeah, you know. It's a little thing called COVID-19. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you know what's weird? Like, I was thinking yesterday, I'm like, holy shit, it's already, it's been a year, okay? It's it's it's, it's insane because it's, it's like, it seems like it's, it's like a, it's a weird fog this whole year. It's, it's a, it's a weird, like, like a, it's a, it's a weird, like, this whole p- past year, the way it's just gone and like, just been absorbed in time it's like fuck it's 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 yeah it's crazy it's been odd it's it, been very uh, odd and especially see so i went to the ad a golf tournament on monday it was a great turnout you've seen all these people cooking all this stuff it was just it was just strange to me i'm like how have we not done this in over a year and a half as, as, as an industry or a year as an industry and it's, it was great seeing everyone out there yeah absolutely no we did a, a golf tournament a couple of days ago as well and it was it was super refreshing just seeing yeah. people get together again and you just, know, I mean, we were all outdoors and, you know, you know, now obviously numbers are starting to go down and, you know, everybody was kind of just ready to get out and have a good time. And yeah, it was a great my, turnout. My experience. favorite, my favorite part was though, was the, the best part was in my opinion, looking back was that there was no bullshit about COVID. We weren't talking COVID. We weren't no. talking this. There was like, Hey, what you been up to? Not much. Okay. Like it was, it was real conversations that we were having, you know, a year and a half ago. It, it felt good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. So, um, COVID guess, hit. Yeah, COVID hit. Um, you know, it was a tough year for everybody. Um, you know, I had some things go on in 2019 that kind of re- refocused my personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 2020 came around, and then um, you know, I, I felt it was a good thing for for me to move back to Houston, just with the way that things were going on, which we've already touched on in Colorado. Uh, it's very difficult as a 
you know, if, if the market does start to decline as an employee standpoint, you know, as an employee of a company, um, if you were to get laid off and have to pursue employment, I felt like Colorado was not the place to be, right? That'd be an uphill battle. Would be a very uphill battle. Right. Um, so I chose, I spoke with my management. They were cool with me relocating to Houston. Um, and so I moved back around May, June okay. uh, of 2020. Um, and around the same time, I got an opportunity to uh, go to work for Go Wireline. Well, how did this opportunity come about? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I had some conversations with Perfex about the direction of the company. Um, great group of guys, great company. Um, but I just felt like it was time to make a change. Okay. Um, you know, and the, the Go guys had approached me. And I felt like they were a very, they, they were more like family oriented. I'm, I'd say family oriented. They were a very family oriented feel to the way they run their company. And uh, there's like four or five owners, and they all, you know, they go to dinner with each other. They know each other's kids. They've all worked together in previous roles. And they're located up in North Dakota primarily. So they've got operations in North Dakota, Colorado, Wyoming. Um, you know, I felt it was a, a, a great fit. Um, you know, they're a great group of people. We did some good things through the end of 2020. I felt like that, uh, I presented them with some good opportunities and helped them solidify some, some opportunities that, uh, might've been on the fence if I hadn't have been there in a time when there was not a lot of opportunities out, not there. a lot going on. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I feel like I gave them you know, my full faith effort and I provided a lot of value and, and they valued me and, and my separation from, from go in, in January was very amicable. I mean, I couldn't speak higher of those guys. Okay. Like, um, that's always a good feeling whenever you leave a company and you're like, I have nothing. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason why I left this company except for a personal opportunity. That's you know exactly what I mean? Right. Like if this opportunity presented itself, I'd still be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, yeah. uh, no, so super, super awesome group. Um, you know, I felt like throughout that time that I'd presented them with some opportunities in Texas. Uh, I felt like that as a looking at it from a strategic perspective, being siloed in North Dakota and Colorado was a strategic flaw. Made some recommendations. Hey, here's some opportunities we can pursue in Texas. Um, you know, and they. It wasn't in their comfort zone, yeah. which and that's that's fine. I mean, I understand they got their own balance sheet to worry about, and you know it's the fiscal health the, of the company for and for this long, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you know, no qualms about that. Um, and so January come December came around, and you know I kind of started thinking about these opportunities to myself and saying, hey, you know, you know, equipment's at a point to where. You know, you can if someone if someone had some money, they could go and get equipment pretty cheap. Yeah. And you know, personnel is still at a level where you know, if a guy had some money, he could go and get some some good guys at okay. a relatively discounted cost. And um, you know, if if a guy was if a guy had the network to go and and start something with a you know a group of solid customers and some committed work, then he might be able to make something work, right? So this is where the itch started to happen. This is where the itch started to happen. Okay. Um, and now the itch has always been there, right? Like really? That's, that's just like my MBA. So, I mean, but going way back, um, my mom was a, a hairstylist and she owned her own business, right? So she owned the salon, had some stylists working you for her. You need to put me in contact with her. I need a yeah. haircut. Yeah, you do. No, your, your hair always looks looks killer, man. 
My man. <laughs> My man. That's why we had you on the show. That's All right. right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> Adios. Checking out. Uh, no. So, yeah, she was a hairstylist, you know, super blue collar, hard worker. But I, I admired the work-life balance and the flexibility and, you know, the ability to run your own life. Oh, she had her own salon. Yeah. Okay. So she ran it all. It was hers. And uh, so that instilled, I guess, an entrepreneurial spirit in me, like at a very young age. Right. So it's always been there. So just like the MBA thing, like I didn't know when I was going to get my MBA, uh, you know, but it was always a box I wanted to check. Right. Okay. Um, So, you know, I, I, I got to a point to where, yes, the, the, the wheels start to turn and, you know, they're, they're getting greased and they're starting to gain momentum. And, um, you know, the itch is getting to the point to where, you know, I'm young enough. Um, you know, I think it's time to take that leap and, and to make a real, you know, go at it for lack of a better term. And, um, you know, so I had the, I had the, the business acumen, uh, that I acquired through my career right. as well as through my education, uh, to, to provide a solid foundation. Um, you know, so I built a business plan, which I mean, I'm always like, I can go down an Excel rabbit hole so fast. It'll make your head spin. Like you get an idea, open up a blank document. Next thing you know, I've spent three hours of my time building a business plan for who knows what. Oh, that's right? sexy too, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so great being like, stuck well, in front of Excel for that long. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, I, I can, I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so I, I built a plan, um, and we had actually, I had another buddy of mine and partner that we had actually kind of tried to make a run at this a couple years back. Um, you know, but it just wasn't the right timing. We were trying to go about it a completely different way. We we're structuring the, the, the balance sheet a completely different way. Um, you know, so it just didn't, it wasn't the right timing. So, I mean, we kind of put it on the back burner and, you know, we continue continue doing what we were doing and approach it at a different time. But moving back to, you know, December, January of this year, um, you know, I'm starting to, this idea is starting to gain steam. And so I'm reaching out to suppliers and, you know, starting to just pick people's brain about opportunities. And, and so they, when you're doing this, I mean, you're, you, when, when you're doing this, I mean, how are you engaging these conversations? It's kind of like off the cuff, off the book, like a sidebar, like, Hey, like, I'm just trying to think about this. Like this is kind of a dream. And I, I guess after all these conversations, that dream kind of starts kind of getting more clout and kind of start turning into reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to you again, here we go with the network thing. I mean, it goes back to your network. It's, it's, I've got people that, you know, I can talk to, um, customers, friends, relationships that I can leverage and say, Hey, you know, what, what do you have coming down the pipeline? Give me your honest opinion. Give me your honest opinion about this. If, if some, if, if a guy was to start something here, um, you know, what kind of opportunities do you have or do you see, uh, and the same on the supplier side, like, you know, Hey, what's, what's equipment doing right now? Where, where can we get equipment? Um, where can we get, you know, uh, personnel, uh, where can we find our partners? Where can we build alliances? Like th- those sort of conversations happen, you know, at coffee shops or yeah. lunches or it doesn't have to be a formal RFQ where I'm going out and saying, Hey man, I'm, I'm starting this business. But without these relationships, these close relationships, it sounds to me like I mean, I, we had a dinner here on Thursday to, to celebrate the launch of this, um, last Thursday. And it was one of those things like what I saw, those weren't customers in the room. Those are, those are customers. Those are friends that were customers. You know right. what I mean? So that's, sure. so the network there is you can have these real conversations with people and get their feedback where it's not because you're friends yeah. because the relationships there. Exactly. Yeah. And so, 
you know, um, I had, I had built the business plan. Um, you know, I, I run the numbers, laid out a roadmap, um, you know, to kind of our go to market. And, uh, I'd approached a, a gentleman that, that I knew, um, you know, to kind of come on board and, and help me out with this thing. That's he's my business partner right now. Um, he's handling operations. I'm handling more of the finance and the sales side of things. Um, so I had all these, these pieces in place and it was just time to pull the trigger. And I felt like, you know, I, I talked about it long enough with the, I guess my closest yeah. friends and customers that, you know, it's kind of time for me to put my money where my mouth is kind of thing. Right. And so what was the moment when you're like, and what were what were you feeling? I guess when the moment when you're like, okay, I'm doing this, I mean, uh, was it excitement? Was it apprehension? Was it, what, what, what was it? All of it, man. I mean, this has been a sine wave of emotion, right? Like from the extremist highs, of the highs to the next day, lows of the lows, and then you're back high again. And it's just, it's all about managing those emotions. But, uh, no, I had, I'd approached, uh, you know, some customers of mine and, and asked them if I could get a, get in a, a commitment for work. Um, so we had the work commitments lined up. Um, you know, I had the business plan in place. I had all the right, key, right pieces ready to go. Um, I had brought my business partner on, um, you know, in January. So, you know, I guess the, the biggest piece was that emotional attachment to the, I guess the assets that I had in place and liquidating those and putting them in place in a new fashion. So this is you, this is you behind this. Yeah. So the initial startup, yes. Um, you know, it's, I'm bootstrapping this thing 100%. Wow. Um, so we do have, I mean, I have institutional investors lined up right. as a backstop, um, that are actually pretty anxious to get on board and get involved. But coming Just, out of the gate, this is your skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I want to, well, and also before I start bringing on additional partners or I bring on any more capital, uh, from an institutional lender or anything like that. Um, I want to make sure that this business is viable, right? Okay. Um, so we want to get there. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, it was a very emotional thing. Like you've got all, you know, these assets that you've worked your entire career for and, you know, you know what you're going to do with it, but I don't know, just transferring those from working in one role to transferring those assets and putting them to work in a new capacity was a very emotional kind of nerve wracking Point. Well, I can imagine there's a lot of, I don't think it's called buyer's remorse, but uh, there's some, I, I would imagine there's some feeling of that, like, shit, is this the right move? Like, yeah. is this, oh, is yeah. this? You're questioning everything. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what's going Dude, on. Dude, I can't even order an appetizer at a restaurant. Like, I am like, like <laughs> shit, there's three things I want to get here. You know what I mean? Like, I can't right. even do that. So the fact that you, that it's like. Or you're scrolling through DoorDash for 20 minutes before you decide what you want to order. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching Netflix, it's like scrolling through Netflix too. So the fact oh, that yeah. you're actually, uh, you're, you're making the move and not only, not only talking about this conceptually, but you're actually actually jumping in. Oh, yeah. I think that's, uh, yep. that's tangible, admirable, right? Yeah. Tangible steps, man. That's I mean, scary. Yeah. You can dream about it all day long, but unless you put it into action, man, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. So, yeah. um, no. So yeah. So I, we made the initial investment, uh, put that capital to work. And then once you get past that emotional attachment, um, and you build a living, breathing business, you know, it, it becomes very not emotionless, but you see it like, Oh shoot! I've done this my entire career. I've I've managed business units. I've built businesses. I've managed uh, P and Ls and balance sheets. It just becomes a you know another function of your job, right? So from conception to execution, I guess what was that time frame? I mean, for me, it'd be like okay, 
I'd be like, okay, I plan for, I feel like I'd plan for like four years, you know what I mean? Before I make the move. And to, but I, what, for you, what was that timeline from the conception? I go, oh, this, this would be a fun thing to do. Yeah. This would be a challenging thing to do. To No, I mean, the idea, like I said, the idea had been there for uh, a couple years just because we had made uh, a previous business plan. Um, so I just took that and modified it to 2020 to 2021 timeframe. Um, you know, so the idea was there put the wheels in motion right around January, February. Okay. Um, you know, and then we had work commitments lined up for, you know, February moving forward. But then I don't know if you know, but we got this new president in office that a new administration that kind of threw some, some curveballs to us here in the very beginning of 2021. So, uh, we kind of had to pivot a little bit. President Harris. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. one. Yeah. Um, no, we had to pivot a little bit, you know, the federal land moratoriums forced some of our work commitments to, change up their schedules a little bit. So when you're trying to build a business based off of continuous work and then, and then this stuff starts getting in. shuffled that's around out of your control, that's right. So you just have to pivot and then you go to work, man. You, you try to fill the gaps. Um, you lean on, on those customers and, and frustumers as you like to like to call them and see what kind of opportunities you can pick up to fill schedules. And, you know, we've, we've been very, very fortunate that we hit this thing. We hit the ground running right out of the gate. I mean, we got some work, right around snowpocalypse, okay. um, you know, that started, um, it was supposed to start right in the middle of it, but obviously with the ice storms, everything got pushed, you know, a couple weeks, but, um, yeah, we picked up our first, I guess, full-time pump down gig right around February, early March. Um, then we've had several opportunities. We've done, um, a couple acid stimulation jobs. We've done several tow preps. We did, um, you know, a CLO two flush with, uh, HCL on, on, on a customer's well here yesterday. Um, and then we've got, you know, a significant amount of work planned out for April, May, and then heading on into the, the end of the year. So, uh, we've been very, very fortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually, you know, going from paper to building a living, breathing business that you have, you know, uh, financials and you have employees and, uh, you know, customers and MSAs and you're working with safety and ISN and insurance and it just, all that fun stuff, all the fun. I mean, it is fun. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't having a good time. To me, it'd be fun if I actually would dive down in and knew every, you know, how to, how to manage and how to control. What is this? What is that? To to me, that would be fun. But kind of looking back, it's like, if you're not into that, it's like, man, that sounds kind of like a, 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 a big thing to bite off. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, it, it was overwhelming getting started uh, because there's lots of things you have to do. I mean, going back to before we even take our first job, you've got to pay for your insurance. Yeah. Like that's a big chunk to. Oh, yeah. It's not cheap to buy it off. Right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, you've got to go pay for your insurance. And everyone loves buying insurance just to get MSAs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So before I can even go and, you know, turn these handshakes into, you know, real MSAs, it you've got to put a significant amount of faith in what your your network is telling you. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate that, you know, it's all worked out to this point, but yeah, it's, I mean, like we've talked about, I'm always looking for a new challenge, right? I knew, I knew absolutely nothing about starting an oil field business. Like you're talking about, you know, getting all, all your safety regular, all your safety processes in place, all your, uh, hand, is this stuff, handbooks. Is this stuff and, you found out after you launched the company or is this kind of like stuff that you're kind of uh, figuring out behind the scenes before? Before the company was, yeah, I mean, I was I was definitely working on it before, but I mean, once you get to a certain point and you've got a delivery date, you know, 
that's of a when, job. That's You're like, when. okay, now we got to start this ball rolling, you know, so we've got boxes to check, um, you know, so you start all your process with safety, with, with ISN, with your insurance company, making sure that all your equipment's covered, all your people are covered, uh, you know, getting facilities and making sure that we've got all of our equipment ready to rock and roll, um, you know, so... Yeah, that that process of behind the scenes of okay, I've got all these things I need to do to stay compliant with my customers. Like I, I didn't know what to what I was doing. Right, I just made sure that we got it done appropriately. Right, and so, uh, but again, like we talked about, I'm not going to ever turn down a challenge. I mean, you you know, if I could give anybody any advice, don't ever turn down a role or an opportunity because you don't know all the answers. Right, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you're you're fully capable and intelligent enough to to figure it out. Right, you know. So yeah, take the opportunity, you know, and this is one that was given to me and um, I just took it by the horns and, and rolled with it. So, so for those out there kind of, kind of listen and actually me, me too, I guess, what has been, I guess, some of the key, I guess, is, it sounds like first off coming out of the gate, you, you guys are what, two, three months old now. Yeah. All right. Very, and, very and young. It yeah. sounds to me like there, there's work already in the books being lined up and all stuff. What would you attribute to, I guess, the, 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 I'm going to use the word success. What would you attribute to the success? Was it your, your, your MBA? Was it your, your entrepreneurial spirit? Was it actually just kind of trying to learn what it would mean to run a business? Was it your networks? I mean, obviously it's a hodgepodge of everything. It's a hodgepodge of everything. But if I could summarize anything, um, I mean, I'd just say just grit, you know, just having thick skin, you know, knowing what you want to do, um, and just rolling with the punches and not letting, not letting anyone else's ideas for your success and your or non-success to influence your decisions, right? Like you're, I mean, you've got family and friends that want you to be safe and successful and secure, you know. So when you you've got, you know, one set of confidants in the industry that understands this, and then you've got other, you know, family and friends that they're like, "Are you sure you really want to do this?" Like, you know, that's you know what the industry, you know, we just got a new president, right? Yeah. We don't know what the oil and gas is. Oil's $40 a barrel. Like, what are we, what are you doing? I'm like, no, this is what's going to happen. Like, here's an opportunity, right? We're coming out of the worst global pandemic we've ever seen. Equipment's low. Equipment prices are low. Equipment's cheap. Uh, personnel is available. Um, stuff's starting to turn around. Um, you know, we're still fighting some of these 2020 business models where pricing's pretty suppressed. Some, some bundled packages and stuff like that. And we're navigating those waters. But, you know, I mean, we're already getting feedback where pricing's going. Uh, pricing's going up slowly but surely. Um, scarcity's already a conversation. So, uh, you know, hoping that we get some opportunities based on new frack fleets being built, scarcity of pump-down equipment, uh, stuff of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, you're rolling the dice. I mean, it's a it, business is a gamble. Um, but then at the end of the day, we had a, I had Ken Miller on uh, the other day, and he and he brought up a good point. He was like, "What is job security? Yeah, especially absolutely. after last year, is there? There's no secure jobs out there. I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, there's not. Yeah, no. So for sure. it's yeah, there's no real job security. As you know, friends and family are like, oh, don't do that. I'm not sure about this. Like, oh yeah, no. But I mean, going back to to your question, um, I mean, absolutely. You know, the education piece you know, gave me the confidence to say, okay, I've got the tools to be able to execute right. uh, and the knowledge to execute. And then, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I finally, I mean, I've got this, I mean, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have started Tejas without the brand of TJ, right? Like, I mean, this, I've got a brand that I've built for my entire career. Well, talk to me about that a little bit, because, you know, 
you said previously, and I completely agree with you uh, that you know in this industry your network is kind of your your worth. I mean, if um, maybe not for everyone, but for a large majority of people, right. it's it's your worth. But it's also a huge part is your name too. Absolutely, I mean, you cannot. Uh, damage your name in this industry at all because it's a small oil and gas industry. Word gets around. Um, so talk talk to me about your brand a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I come from a very humble beginning. Um, you know, I was brought up with very old school Christian values, you know. So, um, you know, I've, I've always tried to lead my career, you know, and, and I guess be a, I guess, a, someone that, people could look up to and, you know, be, be happy to work with. Yes. Right. Okay. With lack of a better word. So, uh, you know, I've, I've got a group of customers uh, that I've worked with for my entire career, you know, and we've got large networks of customers, but a very, very niche group of guys that, you know, that know me intimately and that would be willing to give me an opportunity to go work on their wells. Right. And that's what you say you're going to deliver. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, there's a, those, those relationships are far and few between. Right. And so you want to nurture them and make sure that, you know, you live up to, to what you say you're going to do and, um, always respect those people and, you know, don't ever go back on any commitments that right. you ever given. Right. So no, yeah, I think that's very important. Um, you know, it's just, staying with your network and, and leaning on the people that, that you feel like, um, they're, they're, they're in your corner essentially. Yeah. Right. Well, we had that dinner here Thursday and I'm not going to say, you know, who was here, you know, just cause I don't feel like it, but yeah. the point is we had about, you know, eight to 10 people here and I could tell that, yes, there were, these were operators, you know, but at the same time, I mean, the, what I saw was that these were your friends, yeah. you know what I mean? And they were in your corner, they were rooting for you and they were rooting for your success. And I, I saw that, and I, I'm like, that is what it's all about right there, having that strong network of, of customers who who want you to succeed. you know. And I, from, from that experience in there, I could tell that that you definitely have those connections and a good network like that. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. <clears throat> um, you know, th- those people are important to me, and, uh, um, you know, a lot of those have, have been the foundation for Tejas, right? So, so where did Tejas come from? You, you started getting into that, then you start brand. Let's go back to that, and also I want to find out what other names were on the on the uh, the chopping block. Yeah, man. So um, I can't remember all the names that I ran through, but it came. It got to the point to where, well, okay, I'll start with Tejas. So Tejas is essentially, you know, everybody's got this nostalgia and pride of being from Texas, right? So I kind of wanted to play off of that. Um, and I, I stuck with Tejas Completion Services because, I mean, ultimately we like to we like to grow this thing into other service lines, right? right. I don't want to be pigeonholed to just one service, um, you know. So Tejas Completion Services, um, you know, I, I was attracted obviously with the 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 letters in the name, you know, with TJ and strong, Tejas. Strong and, letters. Know, that's, that's strong, I feel like. But uh, uh, no, it came to the point to where, you know. Just like scrolling through Netflix, man, you got to watch something before it gets ten o'clock at night, right? So, <laughs> I had tangible things I needed to do, and I'm like, you know, and I'm a I'm an overthinker and you know perfectionist, and you know, finally it's just like, screw it, let's just, let's do, just it. do it, pull the trigger, <laughs> pull the trigger. It. It's always been hit or miss. I mean, my my real close buddies would be like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I dig it, man. And some I mean, people are like, yeah, that's great. There so. is that nostalgia, though. Yeah, I, mean, I, sure. I like it. I like that. So I guess, I mean, so you're about four months in right now, three months in, four months in. It sounds like you got some you know, work going out, some, some success. W- what is something that you wish you kind of knew, I guess, before you kind of kicked off this project or your, or your company? 
I wish I would have known. Man, you name it. Um, I mean, if if anybody, if any startup business owner tells you that, you know, they came out of the gate and hit every deliverable and every everything started smooth and, you know, they went off without a hitch, they'd be straight line to you. Right. Like, you've got you've to be able to pivot. Um, you've got to be able to have backstops in place to, you know, make sure that, you know, you've got that you're set up for success. Um, but as far as things that I wish I would have known, I mean, obviously I wish I would have known that how work schedules are going to turn out, you know, I mean, that's a, and that's, but that's just a part of the business, right? It's um, part of learning it. Yeah, it goes absolutely. Right. Um, and then no matter how well you plan, like your business model is going to be wrong, right? Like the, uh, the way you've got every single function worked out from revenue to expenses, cost of goods to taxes, like everything's going to be wrong. I mean, you can get as close as you can, but it's not going to be exactly right. Um, you know, and then just, you know, adding the, the, the difficulty of manage, managing every, every aspect of the business from sales to, you know, to accounting, to safety, to, to operations, to marketing, to, to everything you have going on. Like, you know, we're, we're very lean right now. Right? right. So, and we, we did that very intentionally and we want to stay lean so we can stay extremely competitive. Um, and we've got some ways that we can do that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you just, there's a lot of things that I wish I would have known. I, I guess I can't put my finger on just one of them. You have to be comfortable knowing what you don't know. You got to be comfortable with uncertainty. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. right. So, um, so how are you, I guess, getting the word out about this, uh, besides doing the podcast? I mean, how are you, I guess, uh, marketing, I guess, or getting the, the, the name out, Tejas Completion Services, yeah, out so, there to, to, to the public? Well, uh, again, it's, it's about, as a small business owner, you need every alliance that you can build from, from the, the customer side of things, um, even to, you know, your employees, all the way down to your suppliers. Like, if... If you don't have good relationships or, strate or strategic alliances with your suppliers at this point in the game, like you're not going to be successful, right? right? Um, but I've been fortunate enough that I'd worked with a, a small group multiple times over the last few years. Uh, Phoenix Media, uh, they're a small outfit out of out of Denver, Colorado. Well, they're a little north of Denver, but um, okay, yeah, they're practically Denver. Um, but yeah, it's a small group, super lean. Uh, they focus on, uh, you know comprehensive marketing yeah. uh, strategy, right? So uh, I've worked with those, those guys in the past. They were super eager to get on board. So they've, they've helped me with uh, the website and the social and um, the LinkedIn and all that stuff, right? But I mean, as far as like the posting and stuff right now, that's pretty much just us in-house but i remember uh, i remember having that conversation with you i think it was december where it's snooze over in Caden. you're telling me about this and potentially over the january i don't know when it was yeah. it was something like it was some month some month some couple months ago some, pre <laughs> some previous month and all that stuff and i was excited about that then i remember when you when it got kicked off and you you, you posted the picture or you, you launched the linkedin uh, page you can find you know Teja, tejas completion service on linkedin and instagram and all that um uh, but uh, i remember go follow <laughs> yeah, go follow, like and follow, and, uh, and reach out to uh, TJ and connect and just you know have a coffee or a beer or something yeah, like absolutely. that. But I remember when I saw the picture of the truck, I was like, oh, shit, this is – it's happening. <laughs> it's it's about happening. to get real. What was that feeling for you, I guess, once you're actually like – like once you purchased that uh, – how many did you – Whatever yeah, we got of, we got three Peterbilt bobtails. Uh, what was that feeling for you? Was it accomplishment? Was it oh shit? Was it was it uh, excitement? I mean, what what was that for you? Because to yeah, me, no, that was, was like this is happening. Yeah, it was super exciting. I mean, every step of the way, like seeing this thing materialize was just 
you know, something out of a dream, right? Like I've always, I've always dreamed about it. I've always talked about it. I've always thought like, Hey man, this would be the greatest thing ever, you know, owning your own business and, you know, having it on paper is one thing, but when you actually start to see it come, come alive, right? Like you're, you're buying equipment, you're hiring people, you're, uh, managing people and, and delegating responsibilities. And you've got multiple things going on and you're, uh, you know, getting a facility and rigging up and testing. And I mean, I'll tell you what, like the, the best feeling was when we went and, and picked up our pumps and, and pressure tested and function tested everything and made sure that we were ready to rock and roll, man. That was like, this it's is happening. on, this it's is, happening. this is on. Yeah. So it was, it's been a good feeling. And then obviously like first rig up, like first rig up was amazing. So you're like, man, this is actually going to happen. I might actually make some revenue this that's month. It's got to feel so surreal though, to, to have this idea, have this dream um, and build this organization pretty much uh, this, this living organism, actually this, this, this company. And then just, I just seeing it come to fruition. It's got to be such a surreal feeling. I'd imagine. It is. It is. It's uh, it's surreal. It's um, exciting. It's scary. You know, all at the same time. You know, but you know, you can only do. You can only control what you can control, right? right. So we're gonna go Which out. Which isn't much. Yeah, it's not much in the oil field. Life's right? always changing. Not just right. personal too. Yeah. No. So I mean, you can go out and and make the right moves. Uh, you know, be strategic with your suppliers. Uh, get creative with your uh, with your bidding process. Uh, lean on your network, um, you know, go do your sales calls. Like you can control how, how hard you're going to work. Um, and that's one of the, the big takeaways about, you know, about Tejas is, you know, it's, it's myself and we've got probably, um, about six to eight employees, six to eight employees right now. Um, but all these guys are committed to the startup process, Right. So we are going to do what it takes to get the job done. I mean, right. These guys have been phenomenal. Like the guys that, that, that we hired to help build this company are first are top notch. Um, you know, the, the, the intimate knowledge of the equipment, uh, the ability to overcome adversity, um, you know, work through issues like it's it's been pretty surreal. So. We've got a really solid team. Um, I'm confident that we're going to be successful, but everybody is very, very committed to the process, and that's super important. How about the feedback you're getting uh, once the job's complete by the uh, the customers? I mean, how does that feel once you actually get the feedback? Yeah, no, it's it's great, man. Um, you know, we went out and we our first few jobs have gone great. Um, I mean, it's mechanical equipment, right? You've got to you're going to have to troubleshoot some things every once in a while, but. Um, yeah, we've been, been very successful. We've gotten several jobs in the ground and we've got some good things coming down the pipeline. So we're just going to keep doing what we can do. And, and like we said, control what you can control and go to work every day and, you know, just bust our ass to, to go out and get it done. So now you got this title founder and president of Tejas Completion Services. Have you, uh, have you changed personally? Have you, are you like reading more like business books and, uh, the wall street journal? I mean, what's, what's kind of shifted in your personal life? Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast too. Uh, the majority of my customers and, and the, the guys that were over here the other night and uh, girls and girls, uh, know me as the, you know, the, the fun, loving TJ likes to, you know, have a good time and yeah. entertain and cook steaks and drink beer and play cornhole and which that, that part of me will always be here, but, uh, you gotta have fun with what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. You know, you know, just put it all on the back burner and let loose and have a good time. And that's what, you know, building these relationships is all about, um, essentially. And, 
But a very, very small group of people know me as the guy that can go and get his MBA and manage an extreme amount of workload and, and buckle down and get, get stuff done when you need to get it done. Um, and I feel like that part of my personality or my work habits have taken over pretty extreme right. at this point. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've, I've worked pretty much every day since, you know, I resigned from go wireline, right? Like even before then, yeah, I was going to say, there's no, so, there's no weekends or holidays. There's no the weekends. They all, they all roll together. I mean, I'll take my Sundays, you know, go to church and spend some time with the kiddo and make sure that I've got my priorities in the right, right. place. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, the workload's always there. There's always something to do. And, um, you know, just, just trying to manage the extreme amount of responsibility and, and workload that comes with owning your own business. Yeah. It's and having a teenage daughter, which I might have to ping your ear on yeah. how you do that. Cause <laughs> it's right around the corner for me. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unreal, man. That we could have a whole nother podcast based oh on 15 year old girls. I, I'm I, telling you. I think raising 15 year old girls. Yeah, that's that? right. Yeah. So, um, so real quick again, for those listening tell, give me, give me the elevator spiel about Tejas completion services and what, what y'all offer and all that real quick. Yeah, so uh, Tejas Completion Services is a uh, you know privately funded completion services con- company focused exclusively on uh, pressure pumping services based out of Midland, Texas. Uh, we have right around three uh, three pumps right now. We're searching for some more horsepower. We're actually bringing on some new equipment uh, as we speak. Uh, we're hiring new guys, uh, putting the pieces in place to continue to grow this business. Um, we've got the ability to scale um, extremely quickly. Um, you know, so we've got, we've got work commitments in place, um, and we're just set up to, to go and perform, you know, good, repeatable work and get new customers and, and hopefully continue to grow this thing into 2021. Man, you got anything else out there, right? right, First off, right now I'm looking at y'all's website and it looks really pretty cool, actually. So again, I mean, they're on LinkedIn, Instagram, and also check out their website, TejasCompletionServices.com. This is a pretty cool website. Yeah, that's not bad, man. I dig that. Phoenix whole, guys uh, did a really good job. Yeah, they did. That's that's really cool. Um, For a basic well, entry level website, that's pretty good. It doesn't look basic. Yeah, well, I, think <laughs> look, I think it looks great. So, what would you, uh, I guess, uh, like to communicate out there to to, to listeners um, uh, that are tuning in right now? And it could be broad, like stay positive, or it could be people to entrepreneurs. A little a little tidbit for them. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, this is just an investment in myself, right? So. You know, if you can, if you don't, don't be scared to invest in yourself. If, if you feel like going and starting your own thing is what you need to do or what you want to do, then I'd highly recommend it. Um, you know, we're all at the point to where we're young enough that we can, we can go out and, you know, pivot and do what we got to do. And, and I think that, you know, if, if, if you're dedicated to the process and you want to go out and start your own business, then I succeed or fail, I'd recommend it 100 times out of 100. So. Right. And, and, and the networks we have here in our community in the oil and gas industry, too, it's like no one's going to be rooting for you to fail. I don't care no, if you're a competitor or not. Like people like want people to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're a competitor, don't, don't take too much of the work. No, I mean, it's all about, you know, like we said, strategic alliances. Like I'm, I'm pulling in uh, another service company. We've got some, um, some CLO2 HCL flushes that we're going to run nitrogen and foamer on. And, you know, so I'm bringing in another service company to help out with the nitrogen aspect of that. And then... Um, you know, that same service company reached out to me to see if I could provide horsepower for some tow preps. And, um, you know, and then uh, we, we've got some the, – the, the service company that we work with for our horsepower, um, 
you know, we've got a good relationship with those guys. And so we've had some competitors reach out to borrow and rent some horsepower. And so we've facilitated that. Um, so, I mean, it's all about building, building, you know, strategic alliances right. and, and relationships with those guys. So, yeah, I mean, we all compete, you know, everyone cross competes in some capacity, but we're all, all going to go have beers at the end of the day and hopefully everybody's successful and we can all make a little bit of money as 2021 turns around. So and feel like it will. So, so I guess growing my last question, I guess growing, I mean, <clears throat> sitting in your, in your seat right now, growing the business. I mean, I guess, how would you, how do you identify uh, new, I guess, areas of uh, services and all that, or service or products to, to supply customers? Is that more of like kind of what you're hearing from your customers of more of a demand? Or is it like, man, this is a, or is it cost? Like the man, this is pretty cheap right now. We should probably get this right now. I mean, what, how, how are you, I guess, uh, managing the, the, the growth of your business in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's all about opportunity and profitability, right? Like you want to find the right fit for your business. Um, you know, where we sit right now, uh, my goal for Tejas is to continue to build a viable business right. and business model, right? Something that's going to stick around for the years to come. Uh, so we want to be very, very smart about how we grow and what we do and how we allocate capital. Um but that being said, you know, we're going to take opportunities when they arise and we're going to try to capitalize on on some opportunities in the near future or in the in the future. Um, you know, so, yeah, just just keeping uh, keeping your eyes open for opportunities as you take pictures of me. here. <laughs> I'm doing it for the uh, hey, you were talking about marketing. I'm doing it for the for the Insta story. OK, yeah. on, on LinkedIn. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just keep up. Keep your eyes open for opportunities. And I'm in a very unique unique position too, right? Like I'm not working for another service company. So like the world is my, my oyster, it's yeah. a blank canvas. So if we want to go and align with somebody else or do a JV or br go buy some equipment for wireline or flowback or completion tools or whatever that may be, like there's no, there's nothing stopping us right. from doing that. You don't have to get approval. So, yeah, you just have right. to, you just have to, you just have to think about it. Just get approval for myself. Exactly. Right. Bet on yourself. That's right. Bet on yourself, man. Every day. Well, I've, well, TJ, thank you so much for coming. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up with us? No, man, I think that's good. Just, uh, no, I appreciate you having me on and allowing me to tell the story. And, you know, I hope that anybody that was on the fence about, you know, maybe investing in themselves or starting a side, even starting a small side business or something, then, you know, I hope I was encouraging enough to, you know, get them motivated to go and take the leap. So we've had a lot of people come on that do like start doing little side side hustles and all that oh, stuff, yeah. which I think is great. I mean, you're, you're you're meeting new people that's outside the industry. Like it's, I dig it. I mean, thank you for coming on. I think the first time we met, I kind of had to call you the next day, like, hey man, I'm sorry about that because I was the fun guy. We're doing <laughs> we're doing the baseball walk on songs, trying to pick like, all right, what song would you walk out to? Right. Next thing you know, I'm on the table doing air guitar. So well, you called and apologized, and I was like, man, I didn't even think twice about it. So I guess that shows you oh, that man, people when I first <laughs> meet you, and I'm getting on the table busting out of air guitar i mean that's right that's when you know you got to talk so anyway everyone this is uh, tj dotsel uh with, a, with the tejas completion services you can find them check out their website uh, tejas completion services.com check connect with him on on on, on linkedin it's tj d-o-s-t-a-l uh connect with them on linkedin uh just uh tag up with them have have a cup of coffee or just uh, introduce yourself and you also find them on uh, instagram as well am i missing any other, pl any other pl platforms nope facebook instagram linkedin website Got all the fun stuff man. okay well i uh i, I wish you and uh, the team continued success and i'm excited for you um it's kind of cool uh, talking to you about you know three months later four months later after the fact we had the first conversation actually see this in fruition i got pictures right now i'm looking at all your stuff really cool stuff but uh tj thanks a lot man yeah no thank you appreciate your time man. all right buddy till next time Adios.